Well, happy Mother's Day. Got uh, so excited into that song. I'm sitting there, I'm singing it. The song ends. I'm sitting there, it's still quiet. Kind of look up, look around. I see that on the screen. Wyatt leans over to me and says, Dad, you're up. <laughs> so, here we go. I guess I guess we're going to do this after all. If If you are ages between, or if you are the ages... Between the ages of three and six, you are up. And so that means you get to go out and leave this place. If you're not, you're stuck in here with the rest of us. I want to start off with this this morning uh, with a couple things. First off, just to let you know, uh, we have uh, some more bath tissue uh, that has been brought in. Um, we have a large green stack over here that I refer to as Mount St. Charmin. There is quite a bit of that. Uh, it is growing. So for those of you who are online, I'm gonna I'm gonna pan over here real quickly. I did this last time. Can they see? They can see. Okay. So this is your challenge. The gauntlet has been thrown down. This is what you need to beat. So send in your donation. You can do that online. You can send in a check, and we will make sure that those funds end up going to the uh, children's home. Uh, where they will have plenty of bath tissue for a really long time. Okay, so we got this set back up. Um, I'm, I hope everybody uh, online can see me. I was reminded this morning by my, by my dear friend Lance who said, you have a face that only a mother could love. So, um, nonetheless, um, if you're online, you're getting this front and center. For everybody else... Um, thankfully you're a few feet back. Okay, you know, we always talk about how kids say the craziest things, but the fact is they get it from their mothers, okay? And so I have a list of some things that mothers have uttered, and they're things that, that people would never imagine hearing a human ever saying they can't imagine a scenario when a human would say this and they also have a group of of mothers who never imagined in their lifetime that they would utter some of these phrases here's one of them you really can be a fairy princess scientist if you want to that's something that mothers have said in their lifetime they've also said what no we cannot have pizza and ice cream for breakfast some of you mothers have uttered that before how about this put your shoes on put your shoes on shoes on now please please put your put your shoes forget it no shoes how many times has a mother said that how many times has a mother said this please stop screaming poopy pants we're in public or we're, we're in church. No, you're not allowed to sit in the front seat. Mommy will get arrested. How many times has a mother said that? How about this? This is a bat to play baseball with. It is not a weapon. <laughs> I've heard that several times. Please, this is one of my favorites. Please stop using your sister as a chair. She obviously does not like that. No, we are not home yet. Things you never imagined someone to say, don't pull Barbie's head off, that's not nice. Or how about this, you are so strong, look at those muscles. 
Maybe this is something a mother might have uttered to her husband. Honey, when are you going to be home? I need a break. <laughs> How did that get on the ceiling? Don't flush. I have to check for that penny that you swallowed. Please stay in your bed now and go to sleep. And this last one, it's okay that you only love daddy, I love you anyway. Sometimes moms get caught for being the, the tough one, and sometimes they hear the words, well, I only love daddy. You know, it's tough being a mother, and this morning I want to take just a little bit of time, and I want to honor and celebrate women. You see, the thing is that you've said some things that you never imagined you would ever hear. And I just want to give you comfort today and let you know that you are in good company. Because it's not only moms who've uttered some pretty crazy things. This morning, I want to show you a short list of sayings that Jesus said that at first glance, you look and say, that is the craziest thing I can't believe that he just said it you know in john chapter 7 the tension is ratcheting up the jewish leaders already want to kill jesus and all jesus wanted to do is teach so there he is it's the the, the festival of tabernacles and he initially was said he wasn't going to go and then he sneaks in and then he publicly starts teaching the jewish leaders of course they get mad they send the temple guards to go arrest Jesus, and a few verses later, the guards come back empty-handed. And when they were asked why they didn't bring him in, they responded, no one ever spoke the way this man does. And in some ways, we think about moms. Sometimes they, they speak in ways we would never imagine anyone to speak like. In fact, throughout Jesus' ministry, he said some things that honestly are odd. They're different, they're strange, they're difficult, they're just really plain weird. Just like in the list earlier that we looked at about mothers, Jesus says some things that people are surprised to hear. And if Jesus wasn't omniscient, I think he couldn't have imagined that he would ever say them in the first place. So this morning, I want to take just a few moments, and I want to look at a few phrases that Jesus said, and examine why they seem so odd if we don't examine the context. Who touched me? This is one of my favorite questions of Jesus. And it's one that mom might say, or at least hear from one of her offspring as they're sitting in the back seat of the car. What makes this even more odd is that Jesus is in the middle of a crowd. With all due respect, this seems like a really dumb question. In fact, if you go back and look, in Luke, it says that he's surrounded by this anxious mob. They're all excited. This rich man comes and follows Jesus' feet and says, please come heal my daughter. Jesus agrees. They start going, and everybody's excited. 
They're excited because this rich man is a really popular guy. He's a wealthy guy. Everybody wants to get to know him a little bit better. And so there they're going to his house. Maybe it's a big house. But they're all excited. It seems like the crowd keeps growing and growing because Luke chapter 8 says that the crowd was so big and they were squished in so tight that they almost crushed Jesus. So imagine that scene they're going through. I mean, you're just... Imagine being in a mall or maybe you're in getting ready to go into the cafeteria. I don't know if y'all still social distance anymore, but when I was there, social distancing, that didn't exist. Like people just, just kind of rub up against you. You're just trying to make your way through the crowd to the cafeteria. And you get there's that many people who nearly crushed him. And Jesus stops and he says, who touched me? And it seems like a really ridiculous question and Kind of dumb, honestly, when you think about it, because there's a lot of people. And as one of my friends always reminds me, that dumb questions get dumb answers. And so the apostles, they respond really sarcastically. They're like, what do you mean who touched you? Don't you see the crowd around you? And yet you say, who touched me? It's a really odd thing for Jesus to ask. And yet, He does it. Of course, we're all students of the Bible. We know exactly what's going on. There's a woman who's been suffering for 12 years. She spent all she had. She was at the end of her rope. She was this unclean, emaciated, anemic woman that knew that she was just run out of options. And she just prayed. She hoped. She believed that if she touched his cloak, she could be made well. And so she disguises herself. She pushes her way through the crowd. She gets to Jesus. She reaches out. She touches his cloak. And immediately she realizes that she's freed from her suffering. She's been healed. She felt it. And so did Jesus. And Jesus does the unthinkable with the whole crowd pushing forward. He stops. And He asks that question. No one in that crowd cared for that woman. Not to look at her. Not to talk to her. Certainly not to stop for her. In fact, if anyone in that crowd knew that this unclean woman had just bumped up against them as she was reaching out for Jesus, their response would have been quick and vicious. She had to be stoned. But not Jesus. Jesus stopped and He waited. He asked for her to come out. He looked at her face. He listened to her entire story. And at the end, He called her daughter. How many times have mothers stopped to look at, to acknowledge, and to love their children when it seems like no one else will? They listen to our stories. They acknowledge our hurts. They validate our feelings. And they show compassion for us in our difficult situation. And when no one else seems to care, it's the mother who will call us their beloved child. 
you unbelieving and perverse generation. How long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Now, if my mom hasn't said that once, <laughs> she hasn't said it a thousand times. It seems a bit harsh, but many of us have heard something similar come out from our mother's mouths. How long will I put up with you? This isn't the first time that Jesus is going to chastise the followers. In fact, a couple of chapters earlier, He's going to look at them and after they ask a question, His response is going to be, why are you so dull? He shared a parable. They didn't understand the parable until Peter, being the spokesperson, says, tell us, what are you talking about? And Jesus looks at him and says, why are you so dull? Don't you get this? And here we have a few chapters later, he seems to be pretty harsh. He's just come down from the mountain. He's seen the face of his father. He's glowing. He's been transfigured. He was hanging up there with Moses and Abraham and a few of his apostles. And they come down and he walks into a crowd and his disciples and there's a big argument going on. And the argument is about how this little boy who's demon-possessed couldn't be healed by his apostles. And Jesus looks, and we don't know who he says this to. We're not really sure. He may have said it to the crowd. He may have said it to the unbelievers. Maybe he was looking right at his apostles when he says, you unbelieving and perverse generation, how long will I put up with you? How long do I have to put up with you? But this isn't just an angry, frustrated Jesus. This is a, a teacher, a rabbi, who understands the importance of training. He has some students that need to be reprimanded, to be rebuked, and to be challenged. Jesus desperately wanted His followers and other people to come to have faith in His Father. But they needed to take that next step. And Jesus was anxious for them to do it. And the fact is that mothers do this all the time. They want their children to develop their own thoughts, make their own decisions, and develop their own faith. And that is what Jesus is calling us to do as well. To adopt a faith of our own. Not simply to follow, but also to believe on our own. Don't you know me, Philip? Even after... I have been among you such a long time. Anyone who has seen me, they've seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? It seems like another really strong reprimand by the ever gracious, gracious Jesus. This was the end of Jesus' ministry here on earth. 
He was comforting His apostles around the table, reminding them that because they have seen Him, they have seen God. But Philip was confused. He he didn't fully understand, and so he asked Jesus to show them the Father. And I just think in so many ways, this had to be both exasperating and frustrating to Jesus. His whole ministry, his whole life, his purpose was to show God to this world. Jesus' ministry was not so God could figure out what humans were like. God knew what humans were like. Humans didn't understand who God was. They had lost sight of who He was. The Pharisees, the ones who were supposed to represent Him, the high priest, they completely lost God in all these rules that they had to follow. And they had mistreated and they had oppressed. They had become hypocritical in everything that they did. They dishonored their parents, but they argued about who was washing their hands for ceremonial cleanliness. And Jesus came to show the world who He was and how He loved. No doubt, there are many mothers who exemplified who God is. They've never uttered the words, if you have seen me, you have seen God. But the truth is, many of us have a better understanding of who God is because of how our mothers loved and acted and forgave and disciplined and comforted and laughed and cried. Many of us have a better understanding of who God is because we saw that played out in the lives of mothers. Mothers are a reflection of who God is. It's not arrogant to say this, nor is it an accident that they are. It is by God's design. This morning, I want to thank God for all the mothers who have shown us who He is. For many of us, this is a day of celebration. For some of us, it's not so much. For some of you, Mother's Day is a reminder of the mother who didn't really act like one. Who didn't exemplify or model or reflect who God is and His love and His forgiveness. And so to talk about mothers, it's very difficult for you to relate, and it brings up feelings of bitterness. For some of you, Mother's Day is a reminder that 
you were never the mother that you wanted to be. That your desire to have children didn't happen. And Mother's Day is just a screaming reminder of that wish and that prayer and that desire that was never filled. Maybe for some of you, Mother's Day is a reminder of someone very special who was once in your life, but is no more. For some of you, if I ask you about Mother's and Mother's Day, you can tell me how many this is since you lost your mother. And so it's not really a celebration as it is a time of sadness. And so this morning, while some of us celebrate mothers, other, others of us find ourselves in mourning. And I just want you to know that there's a God who can handle your words of praise and your cries of pain. That we have a God who loves us in all of our places in life. This morning, may you honor and glorify a God as we give praise for the fact that He created moms to get us through life. And whether you're a biological mother or you've adopted or the school where you go at is a place where you serve as a mother to the little kids who come into your classroom. Whatever it is, remember that you have an opportunity to glorify God and show the world who He is. This morning, I thank God for mothers. My mother who's several hundred miles away and for the mother of my children who is just a few pews over and for all of you women who have served the role of motherhood to me and to my children and to so many people in this community that have gone on for dozens of years. I'm thankful for you, and I want God to get all the glory for how He's used you. May God be glorified as we honor mothers this morning. Brett, will you stand and lead us in a song of encouragement?